Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to Can't We Talk For Real Blog Talk Radio. We have been missing, um, you know, life doesn't stop because you're doing a radio show or because you get a new job or because you get rich. It keeps going on. So I want to welcome back everybody who's on with us tonight. And tonight we're not going to talk a lot about, like we usually do, different things that's going on in the world, such as our President of the United States, but we're going to go right into the show about fitness and health and nutrition and some of the things you might want to look for when you do personal trainers, because a lot of people are looking for personal trainers. A lot of people have questions about what they need to do, could do. Um, Our guest tonight has a lot of information, but as we say, the views and opinions expressed on Can We Talk For Real, Block Talk Radio Show host, co-host, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. We appreciate your opinion and are glad that you feel safe freely expressing them. Can We Talk For Real does not condone disrespect to the show, content, co-host, and or guests. The host or co-host and guest are not counselors, and we advise you to seek professional consultation if needed. So tonight we are honored, honored, honored to have Jay Davis um, on the phone with us. Um, and I'm not going to tell you much about her because I want her to tell you a lot about her. Hey, Jay. Hey, hey, how are you? <laughs> Doing good. How about you? I'm good. I cannot complain. I'm good. just trying to... Um, Come down from a long day. That's about it. Yeah. So your day is what we're gonna be talking a lot about. <laughs> Things that you do. So let's get into it because I know um, you got the little one. Uh, it is late because you are in Atlanta. So for us it's seven thirty. For you it's eight thirty. And I know it's right, right. Up and, uh, so let's kind of talk a little bit about you, your boxing history. Um, and then how it led to you doing fitness training. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I started off boxing as amateur in about 2002. And let me just first start by saying that I never, ever wanted to box or be a boxer. That was just not anything that I guess a woman would ever aspire to be or even think about. You know, um, so I think we were, like Layla and I, we were kind of um, the the beginning of the, the women's boxing. Um, and, and it wasn't anything that was um, common. So I never wanted to box. Um, I was a an athlete, and I was a track runner. And so when I um, got out of college, I was tired and just over running. And so I wanted to find another way to work out and train. And so I always would watch boxing and I would admire their bodies. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to seek out a boxing gym and just see if I can um, do the boxer's regimen so that I can get the type of body that they had. They always had really lean um fit-looking body. So um, I said, I'm going to go into a gym and just train like the boxers do. 
little did I know that I was walking into a gym where um, they were producing a lot of um, star boxers, um, and a lot of the the highly ranked boxers would come in there and train when they were in town. So it just, you know, was by chance that I stopped in there, talked to a guy that was in there, and he said that um, he would train me. It was kind of like I was seeking out a, a personal trainer, but it was sports-specific. It was just strictly boxing. I wanted to do the boxing regiment. So as I was in there and learning how to box and train and doing all the exercises, um, guys would notice me. I, I was pretty much the only girl there. And they would hey say, hey, you're pretty good. You want to get in the ring and move around as far? You know, I won't hurt you. I really won't hit you back. And, you know, I was hesitant because I'm looking at these guys with their teeth knocked out and nose sitting on the other side of their face. You could tell they had a broken nose. And I'm like, mm, I think I'm a pass. <laughs> You know, and and so then, you know, it just went on. They would continue to see me, and we would develop, you know, rapports. And so then I just felt comfortable enough to start getting in the ring and just playing around, um, and they would work with me. And the more that I did it, the guy started punching me back harder. And I was like, wait, I thought we was just playing, <laughs> you know. And they were like, well, you you hitting hard. Like, you hit pretty hard for a girl. You hit like a man. So, you know, I didn't really pay attention to it. And they were like, no, you're really good. And I just kind of, you know, didn't really take it serious. And so um, I'll never forget I was in there with Vernon Forrest. Um, you guys probably know of him. He um, was a, um, a world champion bo- boxer here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and he won a couple titles. And he um, actually um, lost his life to some gun violence here in Atlanta. But um, I had the privilege of sparring with him and getting some good notes um, and lessons from him. But I would spar with him, and he convinced me um, to go and get into an amateur fight. And um, and I did. And when I went into the amateur fight, my trainer was like, okay, you really want to do this, you know, we'll go in and we'll get you in your first fight. And so my first fight, I was in a ring, and I knocked the girl out in, like, the first round. Right? Wow. <laughs> and, right. And, and and so that just continued. And so um, I was like, hey, I must really be good, you know, or either the girls couldn't fight. I didn't really know which one it was. So... <laughs> I just continued to box amateur, and then at the end of that year, I was ranked number one in the United States. And so it just went from there. And so once I kind of like saw that I was flying around the world, representing the United States, they were paying for it, I was like, hey, this is not a pretty bad gig. And so <laughs> I stuck with it. And so, yeah, I, I just stuck with it, and it it ended up being, you know, um, beneficial, um, enlightening. It was fulfilling. Um, I met a lot of people, um, experienced a lot through boxing. So that's how I got started. Okay. So now, how did that then lead you into fitness? 
Okay, so after my amateur career, um, we were waiting because they were supposed to vote women boxing into the Olympics. Um, so we were waiting on that to see if I was going to turn professional or not because I was going to um, be one of the first women to go to the Olympics for, for female boxing. Um, however, they voted against it that year. And so I turned professional. Um, once I turned professional, I got to really do some traveling and travel all around the world, um, boxing, Um and as I continued along my boxing career, people would notice my body, and they would ask me to train them, and I just really wasn't interested. I kept, you know, declining because I was in the gym all day for myself. And so the last thing I wanted to do was be in the gym again to train people, you know. And so also there there's a difference when you're training with professional athletes and when you're training with a with the average person um, that just wants to work out. And they're not really trying to be competitive. They just want to be healthy. So I really wasn't interested. Um, I thought it would be kind of boring. <laughs> um, and so I, I continued to de- just decline the offers. And then um, – I ended up getting hurt on a job. I'm a, I'm also a firefighter and a paramedic. I ended up getting hurt on the job, um, and I ended up having to have back surgery. And so I couldn't go and box. They, they kind of told me I probably would never be able to box again after that back surgery. And um, so then I was missing the gym. I was missing um, – just being competitive and athletic and working out. And so I started um, entertaining the idea of training others. Um, And so I kind of started training others that way um, and developing different type of programs and learning about what type of programs would work for different people. Um, at that time when I started training, I was just training my friends for free, and then all of them, they were getting great results. And so I said, maybe I ought to pursue this. And so I went and I got my certification. Um, I kind of hung around um, the gym and talked to other trainers. And um, once I got my certification and I had gotten my methods and stuff down, um then I started um, training more people. And so it just kind of went from there. And then when I healed, or I thought it was healed enough to return to boxing, I kind of like pushed it to the side again and went back to boxing. And then um, I ended up getting injured again and had another back surgery. And... Yeah, and so, you know, fast-forwarding, I've had a total of five back surgeries, two fusions. I've had um, four discs removed. And just recently I had my last three back surgeries um, last summer. And all during that time I think it was just um, 
a message for me, and it, it, it was a lesson for me as well and something that I need to pass on to others because back in our day, like, when people had back surgery, it was mm-hmm. like, it was the worst thing, and they never were were normal or returned to a normal life after that. Um, they would be on canes and walking on um, walkers and stuff like that. So each time I had my back surgery, I was I would bounce right back and and go back and be into fitness and be into my health. And everybody would say, "You don't look like you had back surgery." Like I would have back surgery and go right back to work, and you know. Firefighting and being a paramedic is a very um, strenuous job. And so I, throughout that process, I kind of learned that I had something to pass on um, with helping people recover from injuries and getting back out there. And so um, I took on, you know, training, and I really became more interested in it because I got excited about helping people helping people become happy with themselves, helping people um, rehabilitate themselves and and loving themselves again and having confidence in themselves again. So that's how I kind of got steered towards personal training. So you kind of left out one part. How did that? With the celebrities. Okay. (laughs) Well... Once you prove yourself and you're the best at what you do, people will reach out to you, and people will inquire about your services. Um, and the thing that sets me apart from other trainers is, you know, people. You know, the the thing now today is you have all these trainers online doing all these tricks and showing off all these things that they can do. But at the end of the day, it's about what you can do for someone else, how you can help somebody else. Because everyone that's coming to you isn't trying to do a one-hand pull-up into a backflip and land into a split. You know what I'm saying? So they want to lose weight. They want to get healthy. They want to transform their bodies. And so my results and my level of professionalism um, is what, has afforded me the opportunity to be able to to train celebrities. It's it's word of mouth, it's it's references, it's who you know, um, and you just have to be the best because you know when you have celebrities, they want the best, and and they also want someone that's going to be professional and and respect their privacy, and someone also that they don't feel just want to be around celebrities. They actually have something to offer. And so I started off with um, this celebrity, like, hairstylist, celebrity makeup artist. And then, of course, they would see them, the celebrities would see them transforming, and they would inquire, like, wow, I see you losing weight, or wow, I see your body, what are you doing? And, and that's how the the connections were made. Um, and then they would and they would look on my website, look on my page, and they would be impressed. Um, I also, as a trainer, I have a 
a history that you can go back and look and you can see that I'm just not someone that just popped up on the scene like, hey, I'm a trainer, come train with me. Um, so it just happened, you know, and, and it's just been going, it's been growing. Um, I also have a couple of um, chefs. I have a celebrity chef that um, I'm also working with. And so I think it's just really word of mouth and your brand and and your proven success. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So now, you've been an actual trainer for a while, but you're also a fighter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell me this, okay, with what you do, you definitely have to keep in shape, um, keep fit, but people say fitness and nutrition go hand in hand. So in knowing that, what does a person need to really look for um, when they're selecting a personal trainer? I would say when you're when you're first of all um, nutrition and health and fitness they definitely go together definitely without a doubt they go together um, you cannot exercise and think that that's going to be it. Um, You cannot out-exercise a bad diet. Okay? So there's a balance. There's a balance. There's, There's a balance. Otherwise, you get to the point where you're not moving anywhere. You're just working out to try to compensate for your bad diet, your 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 poor eating habits. So it definitely goes hand in hand. So when you, as an individual, when you're looking for a trainer, you want to look at their social media pages. You want to Google them. You want to hear from other people um, about the training style and the success that they've gotten. Like, I don't want, as a as a consumer, I wouldn't want to go on your website or on your IG page and see pictures of people that you've taken from magazines. I want to see real-life individuals that I can relate to and that I know are just like me that you've helped and that you've transformed or you've helped them reach their goals. Yeah, you that's that's what you want. You don't you don't want to look for somebody like I know we're always looking for deals, we're always looking for bargains, but sometimes you get what you pay for. Um you really want someone that knows what they're doing because I I have clients that have come to me that have come from other trainers and they have um had really bad experiences. They've gotten injured, they've pulled muscles, um, they pay the trainers, the trainers don't show up, you know, so you really want to have a reference point and and have a really good idea of who you're training with. Okay. So 
is it safe to kind of say too? I mean, I know there's trainers that are in. Like, if you go to, and I'm, I can I can say this. Don't know if you can, but like the LA fitness places, <laughs> you know, different places like that. And I mean, I know there's people that's there and they say, I'm a trainer. I'm this. I'm that. Should you do the same diligent search for them? Because they're not associated with that gym, or are they? Um, <laughs> and I have to. I have my feeling. <laughs> okay. Um, it's called Can We Talk Then I'm going to – right, right. <laughs> and I'm going to try to be – but I don't want to step on anybody's toes because right. Right. there are actually some very good trainers that I know personally that have started off at L.A. Fitness and they have gone on to do their own thing and they're doing very well. Right. That is very few. A lot of the – trainers that those that the gyms hire, they are people that just need jobs. Okay. Um I don't know any more of a polite way to say that. Um and then also you'll go in there and you'll pay, you'll see a young guy or a woman, you say, I'd like them to be my trainer and LA Fitness will lock you into a contract, have you buy these ten sessions at hundred and twenty dollars an hour and then that trainer decides to leave and go to another gym. Guess what? You have to just, you're, yeah, you just have to pick whatever other Joe Smo they have up there um, as your trainer, for your trainer. And then, uh, and they don't care. LA Fitness doesn't care if you use once. They don't care if you use one session this week, another session next week, another session next month because they're not really interested in the individual client. They're interested in getting your money. So as a personal trainer, Body by J, you're going to sign up. You're going to agree to come a certain amount of days per week, and and this is how we're going to develop your package, and this is how we're going to train. Because it doesn't do me any good to get your money and you come see me one day a week just so that I can get your money when I know that seeing you one day a week, if you already are having issues with your health and your weight and being active and working out, one day a week is not going to do anything for you. I'm just taking your money. And so LA Fitness, they will take you one day a week, one day a month, I have I know people have memberships. They've had them for six months and have not gone to LA Fitness one time. So for me as a trainer, your success is my success. If you're not successful as a as a client, then I'm not successful as a trainer. And I cannot even use you as an example. Like, hey, this is what I've helped someone do. This is the type of trainer that I am. So for me to just take your money and see you one day a week, I'm just taking your money. And that's what LA Fitness is doing. So you're going to commit to a program. You're going to pay me up front. And I've never had anybody quit. Huh? Yeah, and, and I've never had anybody quit. Wow. I've never had anybody quit before they finish out their sessions. And I do it this way so that 
most people halfway in, they're in so much pain. Um, they're uncomfortable. They're breaking old habits. Um, they're um, getting discouraged and they're tired. This is at the very beginning phase. And so they don't want to come. They don't want to come. But because they paid me and I'm like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. You sore, come in, we'll stretch, we'll do whatever. They come in. And then by the time they finish out those 10, 12 sessions, by session eight and nine, they're like, oh, this isn't that bad. I've gotten the hang of it. This really isn't as bad as I thought it was. And so when those 12 sessions are up, because they pretty much stuck through it because they've already paid their money, mm-hmm. then they sign up for the next. You know what I'm saying? You don't really – you have to find a way to encourage people and encourage people to continue even when it gets a little bit harder. You have to encourage them. And once they get past that hump and they lose those first 10 pounds, they're sold. They're sold on they feel better, they look better, they can see that their money is is actually going towards something where they can see results. And so they continue to stay committed to the program. And that was actually going to be my next question. If someone comes in, first couple weeks they're like, um, oh, wow. Um, you know, I'm, you know, this, this, ooh, I just can't do this. What do you do to either remind them or motivate them to keep going? Because, I mean, there's got to be somebody somewhere in there, if they're at home sitting there like, ooh, if I don't go, either she's going to be mad at me or I'm going to waste my money. But that's still sometimes not motivation enough. What it, is the training? You're right. What do you do? Well, the only thing that I can do, because the one thing I always tell my clients when they get to that point, I cannot want this more for you than you want it for yourself. You're, If you're tired of not having energy, you're tired of not fitting into your clothes that you have, um, You, it's a cycle. They get depressed, um, and then they they don't come to the gym, and then they don't want to get bigger clothes. And so at some point, it's just you have to be sick and tired, and you have to be ready and willing to make that change for yourself. But I cannot want it for you more than you want it for yourself. If you just show up, showing up is is the hardest part. If you get in your car and you drive to the gym and you come in, the hardest part is over. You, I'll guide you through the workout. And and sometimes as a trainer, trainers don't know when to fall back and to and to release a little bit and to and to let go a little bit. And, and not ride your client so hard and not push them so hard. And as a trainer, you have to find that sweet spot with every client. Every client is different. And I can push some people harder. I can motivate some people with different things that I can't motivate others with. And you also have to know when your clients are having good and bad days. Yeah. Yep. Now, how does that how does that play? Like, let's just say, okay, first before we go there, how many people do you have only a number set that you have as a group that you take at one time? Yes, I definitely do. I will only allow five people at the most to train together, at the most. 
Now, why is that? Because to me, five is, I mean, I could train more, but I limit my number to five, and that depends on the group that I have together because everybody is at different levels. And because everyone is at different levels, everyone in that group is not doing the same exercises. And so for me, I need to make sure that my clients are doing the exercises correctly, that I'm able to give them the attention that they need and the the supervision that they need and the motivation that they need. So for me, I don't want to take more than five people because then I feel like each individual is not getting the attention that they need. So, Jay, before you start your classes um, and you get, like you say, you get that group of five, what is it that you do to evaluate a person to put them with certain groups, or is it just like you kind of mix it up on purpose? Well, they, I really have no control over um, the groups because they can sign up for different time slots. But as a as a trainer, I know the potential and the fitness level of each and every one of my clients. Just because they're there at the same time don't mean that they're training together and that they're doing the same thing. So I have to know my clients. I know the fitness level of each client, and so I start them accordingly. So how do you, I mean, okay, so every, let's just say it's like 10 of us and five of us sign up for Monday night. When do mm-hmm. you evaluate? Do you evaluate us and you watch us when you give exercises? Do you start off giving the same to see where people are? Do you talk to people first or like kind of how do you mm-hmm. know or get to know your clients? Okay, so yes, the the first, the initial session is your assessment. During your assessment, um, I walk you through a mini workout where I'm assessing your physical ability, your your cardiovascular ability. I'm assessing your weight. I'm also inquiring about injuries, um, present and past. Um, touching on your medical history just a little bit, like blood pressure, um, any type of heart conditions. Um, if you have blood, if you're on blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medicine, because all these things will be altered um, over time because of your workout, and those medications will need to be adjusted. That's also another thing that you want to look for with clients, with personal trainers. You want to make sure that they know their stuff. And so, I think I have an edge, and I'm a, I'm a little more in depth because I'm also a paramedic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people take that those things for granted because you can have a client that's on on uh, that's hypertensive and on high blood pressure medicine, and this person has been working out with you for four or five months, and during workout they're they're fainting or they start feeling dizzy or they start feeling lightheaded or nauseous. It's probably time for that person to go to the doctor and be reevaluated because their blood pressure medicine, if they're doing all the right things, their blood pressure medicine may need to be readjusted for their dosing, their dose for the medication. Um, A lot of people can come off their blood pressure medicine when they start eating right and exercising. Okay. And, And that's overlooked. 
um, people that are pre-diabetic, they can um, change and 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 slow down a process and sometimes eliminate being diabetic by dieting and exercising and losing um, the fat that surrounds the, the organs that contribute to type 2 diabetes. And so they need to come off those medications. So it's it's important that you have a personal trainer that just that doesn't just look good. They actually are competent in what they're doing and and well rounded. So yes, back to that. We do an assessment. Um okay. I assess your physical ability. Um I take your weight, I take your BMI, um, I take your 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 visceral fat, um, I see how you are. And during that time, I'm talking to you, inquiring about your goals so that I know where what it is that you want. And then we set up a plan and we work towards those goals and we, ch- we, we chop at it every month. Every month I reevaluate you. I put you back on the scale. I uh, readjust your 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 workout. Okay. Okay. So now we said you did say that health and and all this fitness everything kind of goes together. So what mm-hmm. role does sleep play when it comes to fitness? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, sleep plays a major role in just your daily life. Period. Um, with exercising and eating right is major because I have a lot of clients now that if they are boggled down with work and deadlines and family, they're not getting rest. And so when they come to the gym to work out, they're not able to get the most of their workout because they're exhausted. And when the body is exhausted, the body is going to shut down, and there's really nothing you can do about it. And so sleep is is very important. So when people started going to the gym before work, I mean, I know a lot of folks say, well, it, you know, it works for me because it's early. I can get it over with. But mm-hmm. how does that, I mean, that has to be a major change for somebody with their body because now you're getting up earlier than you probably would. You're going and you're working out. And then don't you have to have that kind of like that downtime to let your body get back into, you know, a rhythm, and then you're at work. Then you got, like you said, stress mm-hmm. level. Is, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, do you recommend, <laughs> and everybody just listening, this is just Jay's opinion now, is that don't go to your right. trainer and say, well, Jay said, you know, Exactly. Is, is it good for you to do that? Because, I mean, a lot of jobs are stressful. Does it have I, stress? I personally, I have my opinion about when a person should work out. And it ultimately is up to the person. Like some people have more energy in the evening. Some people just aren't morning people. But for those people that are unhappy with their bodies, unhappy with where they are from a health standpoint, 
they don't have time in the evening because they have to work. They get off. They go see. They got to get the kids and they got to cook dinner and blah blah blah. Then that means you don't have a choice but to get up early. But they don't want to make the sacrifice. Some people don't want to make the sacrifice and get up an hour or two earlier to do the workout. My opinion personally, I believe that people should get up and work out first. And that's because life happens. By the end of the day, I'm tired. My supervisor then pissed me off. The kids schooled and called. I got to go pick the baby up. I got to cook dinner. I mean, we have a million excuses, and we have a million things that come up throughout through the day. And so the workout that we were putting off until later that evening, it doesn't get done. It doesn't get done. You're exhausted. It starts to rain. Traffic is bad. I'm just going home. So if you get up and you you give yourself an hour, people don't understand how important it is to give yourself an hour. Work out. Otherwise, the hour that you don't give yourself to take care of your health and your fitness, you're going to be paying for it two, three, four hours during the week because people that have hypertension that can easily be cured with proper exercise and dieting, now you have to go to your doctor's appointment. Now you got to get your prescriptions. you got to make sure that your medication is, uh, is, is filled. You can't run out of your medication. The inconvenience that it causes you later is not worth it. It's far more taxing on your time later and on your body. Who wants to sit up in dialysis for six, seven hours, two or three days a week because you wouldn't take your blood pressure medicine or you know that hypertension runs in your family and you didn't stop eating the salt and start working out? So it's just an hour. It's an hour. You sit around somewhere an hour a day doing nothing, watching TV, where you could have worked out. So whether it's in the morning or in the evening or during lunch, you have to figure out how to get that hour in. Okay. Okay. So so it's really the person, the time, and like you say, Mm -hmm. life kicking in. You need to do it when you do it and, and get into a habit mm-hmm. and it becomes a natural and get into a habit absolutely are there any are there ever any instant results? <laughs> I wouldn't say instant, but there are some very fast results that that I've seen with my clients, but then there are some some results that took a while. And and that also depends. Sometimes there's a lot of different things that can come into play with that. Um, Your client's dedication. Um, Some people have medical conditions that doesn't allow their body to respond to dieting and exercising as fast as others. So some people do get very good results very quickly. I've had a few. I've had clients lose 30 pounds in five months, 12 or 15 pounds in the first month. And then I've had some clients where it took almost a year before they lost their first 15 pounds. 
So it's a person's body and metabolism and everything that goes into that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it definitely and and health. Um, like I said, a lot of some people they have health conditions that don't allow them to respond to dieting and exercising as quickly as others. So if if you were doing when you do when you do your um your training, you do men and women I assume. Mm-hmm. Or just women. I do both. You do both? Uh huh. Okay. So question for you. When mm-hmm. you do your regimen for for fitness for each individual person, how did you, I mean, I know you probably had to go, you got to train your certification and everything, but is there a real, real big difference between how you train a man to how you train a woman? That depends, and it's not even um, man or woman. That depends on the client, okay. where they are physically, and what they want to accomplish. Um, I've had some some women that I have to train just as hard as the men because they um, have certain goals or they're athletes um, or they are interested in a certain type of look. Mm-hmm. And then there are some men that don't really want a bunch of muscle. They just want to lose weight and be lean. So it 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 depends on the client and and their goals and what type of look they're trying to achieve. Okay. So now, this is a question that was actually given to me by one of um one of my coworkers. What type of um what type of regimen would you would you kind of say? People were out here saying, I don't like my stomach. My stomach hangs over my pants. You know, should it be vigorous or, or? I mean, I guess like you said, it does depend on the health. But, you know, what type of exercises, what type of uh, things they should be doing besides eating healthier um, that would help them? Well, I t- my clients always say, I want a flat stomach. I want a six-pack. And you know what I tell them, and they never like my answer. I t- and they want to know what exercises they can do um, to get a flat stomach and have a small waistline. And I t- say the same thing all the time. Abs are made in the kitchen. They're not made in the gym. They're made in the kitchen is what you're putting in your mouth. Now, the weight will come off if you're dieting and exercising. But for the most part, your abs are dependent upon what you're putting in your stomach. So now, okay, so you're a paramedic, which is great for this next question. Same person had asked about the stomach, but that person's had a couple surgeries. Okay. You know, um, so, and and it's a female, so, you know, she, she had the hysterectomy and all that. But she's trying to find okay. out because she picked up, you know, weight, and it seemed like she mm-hmm. had ended up getting like a um, a pouch. Yes, that's mm-hmm. part of trying to get rid of that pouch. 
Okay. Um, some of that may be contributed to scar tissue, um, but what I've learned with with my clients that have had um, surgeries and hysterectomies, the ab muscles are never really um, as strong as they used to be, and they're you know they're told to not lift and do certain things for so long that the stomach they they lose strength in their core and yes you definitely have to work on getting those stomach muscles back but i think it may also be contributed to just gaining weight cuz when you have surgery you're inactive and so the inactivity slows the metabolism down and then we're we're still eating the same, but we're not as active. And so we start gaining that weight. And unfortunately for a lot of women, that's one of our areas where we gain the weight first. And that's because, you know, our bodies are designed to have fat in those places to, to carry babies. And so um, we have a tendency to carry fat more around the midsection. So I would definitely suggest eating more greens, more vegetables, less carbs, um, and doing more cardio. And also incorporating some some core exercises, exercises that will strengthen the stomach and the lower back. Okay, so some exercises to strengthen the lower uh, back and... And the abs, mm-hmm. Are there any type, certain types that they should be looking at or... Just make sure they I, I do. I like to do a lot of planks, um, a lot of planks, a lot of um, crunchies, a lot of leg lifts, and and that's pretty much pretty much it. I like to do some some ab exercises on the ball, but um, for beginners or for someone who just who's had 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 a surgery. The best thing would be to start laying with your ab exercises on the ground, laying on your back. So you can do the crunches where you lift the shoulders up, or you can um, do the flutter kicks or turn over on your stomach and, and just do the planks where you get on your forearms and you hold your body up for 10 seconds at a time, 15 seconds at a time, 30 seconds at a time. And you just build yourself up. Cool. I never heard about that one, but I, yeah, okay. <laughs> that sounds cool. I'm gonna be passing that. I'm gonna be passing that along and work a lot tomorrow. To a lot of people. Hey, look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good. People who um, when they say I want to build my cardio back up, does age and weight play a, a part of that? Or it, it just do it just really matters as far as the breathing. Um, does weight does age? I would it 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 does depending on the and I, and I don't like to say age all the time because I've seen some forty year olds that are healthier than these twenty year olds and and run circles around them. So I would really say um, the fitness level. 
uh, of the person. Um, now, weight sometimes plays a role because you have some people that have weight and then they have issues with their knees or their lower back. Um, and so they can't do a lot of running. They can't do a lot of high-impact um, exercising. So, And so the um, the joints won't be able to take all that impact. And so they may not be able to run as far or as as long. They're going to have to build themselves up. And how long should... Um should someone exercise or um, or day or I mean because like I've read where people say that improving cholesterol levels, uh, your body composition, your cardiovascular health, it exercise is the best thing to do. You know, fitness is the best thing to do. But in doing that, how long each day should a person do? How is how long? Again, that depends. Well, again, that depends on the person and their goals because for just the 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 average person that's that's a non athlete um that's just into wanting to be healthy, I would recommend just an hour like at some point, I see people that are in the gym for three and four hours. if you're exercising the way that you should or need to to get results, there's no way that you can exercise for three or four hours straight. Um, my clients are ready to go after the 60 minutes. They're, like, ready to go after the first 45 minutes. So if you're working out, <laughs> I'm sorry? They're ready to get away from you. Yeah, yeah, because we work for an hour. We work for an hour nonstop. We're not sitting on the machines. We're not conversing. We're not, you know, just just taking our time, drinking water. We are moving constantly for an hour. So if you work out and you're working out hard for an hour, that is all that's needed. I don't – you can accomplish those. All of my clients have accomplished their goals by being in the, in the gym for an hour at least three to four days a week. And is it good for people to eat protein or carbs or carbs after before or after a workout? And again, that depends on what type of training that they're doing. It um depends on client. Like some of my clients they like to to have their protein shake before they work out um, because they can't really eat a lot of food and then work out. But at the same time, they need enough energy to be able to, to work out. You know, if you come in the gym and you haven't eaten anything, then it's kind of hard for you to um, have enough energy to sustain you through a very rigorous workout. Jay, you actually work with, or you have a program that you work with youth with diabetes. Yes. A little Mm -hmm. bit about that. 
Well, I have a, a nonprofit, um, JFIT Academy, and it is geared towards um, helping combat childhood obesity. So the program, I volunteer my time to train a child um, that is overweight so that we can help combat um, childhood obesity. Like, it's very unfortunate, but it used to be, you know, diabetes was just for the for older people. Um, but now it's very um, common for these children to have diabetes. And, and, and it's sad because it's because of the lack of activity and the, the poor eating habits that we've developed over time just from being so busy and being on the go all the time. The parents are always on the go, picking up and dropping off kids, working. Um, and so a lot of parents don't even have time to cook every day. So they're grabbing food on the way home, food on the way home from practice, food on the way home from school. And then you have kids that are eating um, all these um, cereals that have a lot of sugar in it, and then their diets are just full of carbs and sugar during the day while they're in school. And so um, we're we're seeing a lot of our children um, combating uh, diabetes. And so my program is geared towards... Um, Helping kids avoid being diabetic through through fun exercise and activity. And what made you start that? Um, because I, I recognized that there was a need for it. I mean, it it really breaks my heart to see a kid that is being bullied and picked on. You know, kids are very cruel, and it breaks my heart to see kids that are um, not socialized with or bullied or picked on because they're overweight. And it's no fault of the child because the child doesn't go to the grocery store and buy groceries. The child doesn't go to the grocery store and buy all the carbs and the sugar and the juice and just decide this is all I'm going to eat. That habit started from the parents. And so it's not the kid's fault. And then the the parents now, they allow their kids to sit around the house all day and and game all day and be glued to these digital devices instead of going outside and riding a bike or being involved in sports. Like we didn't have a choice when I was when I was young. We had to go outside and we had to play. Huh. Right. And we really played. Yeah, and we played. And and we rode our bikes and we went to the parks and and we walked everywhere. We you know, we could not sit around the house all day. One, we got on our parents' nerves <laughs> and they were trying to clean up and so it was like, Y'all go outside and play. Right. And when they said play, it was like you got up in the morning, you did your chores, you did what you had to do, yes. and you was outside all day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's just it's, now the parents, uh, they they don't really um, 
make their kids engage in a lot of uh, physical activity. And so when you look at the family, you look at the mom, the dad, the kids, all the way down to the dog, all of them overweight. And, uh-huh. and I know you've seen it. The kid, the mama, <laughs> the two kids, and the dog, all and- just overweight. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. So it's environmental. <laughs> so now, trainers train people. Who train you? Keeps you fit. Do you exercise or do you with your clients, or do you have your own that you do at home? Well, I train myself. I try to make sure that I train myself that I'm getting my training in, and that was even a struggle for me um, because. Again, after being in the gym all day, training clients, the last thing that I wanted to do was spend another hour in the gym training myself. So I had to make up in my mind that I had to get my training in early. Otherwise, most of the time I would make excuses not to do my training at 8 or 9 o'clock when I would much rather be at home. And so I switched and I started doing my training in the morning, and so that works out better for me. Um, and then sometimes trainers, we train with each other because that way we motivate and push each other. Um, I'll jump in another trainer's class and exercise, you know, with them or just exercise with another trainer and, and let him pick out the exercises for that session. And so we do that often, and that way, you know, we you also you're always constantly learning um, from other trainers as well. So I know it's late, and I know that um, you know, you, you've got people who are not really getting to bed. But I do want to ask you: Can you walk us through a quick workout that you do with beginners, kind of like step by step? the first thing you do with them to, like, the last thing before they run out the door? Okay. Okay. Well, you know, they will come in um, or they've already gotten the initial assessment out the way. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I know um, where I'm starting them. And so your workout will always start with um, a warm-up. That warm-up um, will consist of some cardiovascular exercises um, where we can, you know, get you loose and get your blood pumping. And also I use that as a tool for stepping up your warm-up every time that you come in there. So we'll do a 10-minute we'll warm-up on the treadmill where we start off walking for the first three minutes, and then we'll jog for the rest. If they can jog, then they'll speed walk on the incline. Okay. okay, once they finish that, we go into some natural calisthenics where you're using the body um, and your body weight to do your exercises. We may do lunges. We'll do um, a set of lunges. Um, let's say we'll do 15 on each leg. Um, after your lunges, We'll do planks. We'll do rotating planks where you're on your forearms and you'll walk up to your hands into a push-up position 
and then you'll rotate one arm up in the air and back down to the floor. So we do that on both sides, um, probably like 10 on each side. After that, after that, we'll go into another exercise that'll that'll take your heart rate up. Um, we may do some some box jumps. If you can't do the box jumps, um, because you may be um, a little heavier and your knees hurt, then we'll do um, some squats with the shoulder press. And these squats are just um, sitting on a bench and standing up and doing a shoulder press with maybe two eight-pound weights in your hand, one in each hand. So we'll do 20 of those. After that, I'll let you get water. If you needed it, take a few seconds. Um, and then we go into another leg exercise. We may do leg curls. Um, I like to work the body out um, individually. Like if you have, you know, with two legs, I like to work them out one at a time so that they're equally as strong, uh, especially in the beginning. I like to do that too so that I can see if you have any deficiencies on one side of the body. Um, and then we'll do more abs. And then we'll do an, um, leg curls, single leg, maybe 10 pounds each leg, 15 times. And then we'll go back to the first exercise, and we'll start that over and work our way all the way back through the exercises that I gave you, okay? Okay. And we'll do that. The goal would be to do that three times. Most of the time, they can't make it through three times, and we make sure that we notate that that we make a mental note of that so that every day when you come in, when you have like level one exercises, Mm -hmm. which are like the exercises I just explained, they're basic exercises. Um, The level of complexity are at, at the very beginning. And so when you're able to work your way through all three rounds of all five of those exercises, within the 45 minutes, then we know that you've progressed. And so then I can move you on to more complex exercises or I'll add something to it to make it more complicated. Uh And then, like I tell my clients, almost all of them are impossible to do. Like my program is set up for failure (laughs) because I I set it up for so that you fail, so that you're always trying to reach that goal. Like the exercises will be a little bit too much for you in the beginning. But guess what? By week three, you're finishing those. You're you're finishing that or you're getting close to finishing it and you're feeling good about yourself because you're like, Oh Jay, I would if I had a five more minutes I would have been able to get those last few exercises done. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then you come back, and I change it because you're feeling good. And then they get mad. Just when I was feeling good about myself and thinking I got a hang of it, you going to add this BS to it. And I'm like, yeah, I know. 
And so it keeps the body always trying to move to the next level. It keeps the client always trying to get to the next level. And it's pushing your body. And when the body gets used to something, you need to change it. Sounds good. So, young lady, we know you have a little person to get to bed. We know you have to. Yes, yes. Firefighter in that paramedic tomorrow. But, Jay, I want yes, to yes. thank you so much for coming on the show because you've answered the questions. I'm quite, and I, I, I can already tell people who haven't listened. Um, I know I'm going to hear, hear a lot tomorrow. Okay, so I listened to the show. I didn't hear what she said about, okay, this is what she said. <laughs> um, but what did you what is it that you want to leave them with? Well, well, first of all, let me thank you for having me on the show. Um, I appreciate it, and it's an honor also to be on the show. Um, but I want to leave the audience with just remember that this is your body. And and this is the only body that you'll have. And it's important that you take care of it so that you can have the quality of life that you want to have, that you can enjoy. And no matter how much weight you've gained or how discouraged or, or how you think that there's not any hope for you or that you're too far gone, you can start somewhere. If, you, if you're if you not comfortable going to the gym, just get up and start moving. Just walk. Go walk. The walking is, is, is a starting point. You don't have to go into a gym. I don't encourage people to go into the big box gyms. Find a trainer that has a private personal training studio um, like myself where you have some privacy. If, if you're not feeling like you want to work out uh, in front of people or you're uncomfortable with that, then find a trainer that has some, some level of privacy where you can feel comfortable with going into the gym. But don't make an excuse because you're not comfortable and so you don't go into the gym because that problem will only get worse. So you're never too far gone to to start. It's never too late. And so just stay encouraged, and you can you can lose weight. You're not too heavy. You're not too old. Um, it's not too late. You just need to start. Just move. Just walk. If that's all you can do, walk. Perfect. Now you heard it from Jay. She said just walk because she climbs and she walks every day. <laughs> <laughs> and and you can always you can always. Follow me on my social media at www.bodybyj, and that's J-A-I. I'm on Instagram, bodybyj. I'm on Twitter, bodybyj. Follow me. Hit up my website. Um, check out what I'm doing. I'm also um, doing a weight loss challenge now where I've lost um, 11 pounds in five days, I believe, five or six days, um, because I'm – I'm starting to feel like I can get back to my old fighting self again. Oh, not fighting. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I can get back down to my, my fighting weight. And so that is my goal. And so um, I'm 
I'm getting there. Okay. So just. How about a video song? Or a CD? I would, I, yes, and that is one of my goals, to work on a CD and a video. Um, that is definitely in the plan for this year. Nice. So see, everybody heard it here first. Look for Jay's video and that CD, because I'm going to be watching. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. You're welcome. So with that, I do want to tell you good night, and um, I'll definitely be in touch with you. Okay, great. You have a good evening. Thanks, Jay. So that's our show for tonight, except I have a special treat uh, for those who are listening. Um, and starting on the 5th of February, can we talk for real? We'll be introducing and welcoming to the family two young ladies that will be doing a show called Tori's Teen Talk. So if you have teenagers that um, they're vocal, but they don't have anywhere to talk to, they talk to you and you don't really want to listen to them, or they talk to your friends and sometimes they come back and they tell you the answer and you don't like it, you might want to join these young ladies. Um, it'll be Sundays, starting at 3. And, yes, we're doing it at 3 to 4, so that way everybody can watch the Super Bowl and you'll be able to enjoy um, listening to them and you'll be able to enjoy listening whoever you think is going to win. But I want to introduce you to Tori and Cam. Ladies, welcome to Can We Talk For Real. Hello. Hello. Hey. Y'all yeah, only heard hey. one hello. Okay, there you go. So <laughs> you two will be talking to teens. Yes. What makes Yes, that you, is correct. What makes you want to talk to them? Well, I think that it's the fact that, you know, we're around the same age, but even though we're around the same age, we can still think, you know, very differently than each other. So I just find it great that, you know, we can speak about such um, topics and be cool with it because we don't have um, someone older uh, watching over us and we have to watch what we say. You know, talking to teens is more um I feel like it's you like I feel more comfortable talking to teens and talking to parents, you know, because I I can I feel like I can speak more freely. Yeah, going off what Cam was saying, you know, it's just a place for us to get together and talk and be cool with what we're saying. I have to really worry about oh, what are our parents gonna think? So mm-hmm. it's just something different for us to do, and it's just a way for teens to express themselves. And right, that's the parents. This is not a show for you. This is the show for your teens. So let them have this. Let them have this say because there's times that they can talk to each other. It makes sense. We can talk mm-hmm. to them. It doesn't make sense because it's like when you say don't, they gonna do just like we did. So, so what's the first topic you ladies will be talking about? Our first show topic is going to be boys slash girls night out, and basically we're talking about um, going out with your friends and also safety precautions that you should take when you're going out with your friends, 
because you're with a certain group of people. You want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who you know you're safe with and also that you stick with these people throughout the night because you don't want anything, your parents don't want anything to happen to you, you don't want anything to happen to your friends. So it's just smart to have fun the safe way. Mhm. You know, we just want to know, we want to know, like, what people do for their night out and what they like to do for fun, you know. Out. Out. As you know, we'll be the highlight of the school. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, though, also there comes a level of responsibility. Right. You know, because you will now be the voice of teens, and they'll be able to give you their opinions. They'll be able to, like you said, talk freely. Um, and granted, you know, parents, I mean, your parents probably will listen to the show, but at some point probably need to say, you know what, have this and not listen to the show. Um, mm-hmm. On both sides, on the youth and the parents, there's got to be a level of respect somewhere. At the same right. time, you got to remember, brother's always watching over your shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even with us, you know. And, I mean, and not to steer you wrong, it's just that sometimes you want to make sure that whatever's being said is right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, um, because I know somewhere down the line you guys are talking about bullying, that's going to be a hot topic. You know, I can already tell you, your age group, that's yeah, going to be a hot topic. You know, some people are going to be like, uh, well, yeah, you know, I- I'll sit there and watch it. No, it makes you a part of it. But I agree. you got to come up with solutions. you got to talk about it. We can't talk about it because we're past that age. Mm-hmm. I'm glad y'all didn't say y'all old. I'm so happy for you two for not saying that. Thank you so much. <laughs> no. It's not that you're old. You're just mature. Oh, I right. like that. Like that. <laughs> So, Victoria, question for you first. Yes. What made dating the first topic you wanted to talk about? Um, I think dating was the first topic I wanted to talk about because that's something that teenagers really go, like, that's something that teenagers experience in high school. And since we're teenagers, it's about that time where we're going to start meeting boys or girls that we like, and we're going to want to get to know them more than just a friendship level. So I think I picked a topic that had to do with what teens are going through now, just not, oh, what I think a teen can relate to because I've seen firsthand Breakups and makeups in high school between teenagers. Okay. Okay. And how about you, Cam? I definitely agree with her, you know, because I know dating is definitely a big deal when you are in high school because it might be like your first time doing uh, certain stuff. So I think it's important. I think it's important that we do go over things and express what the do's and the don'ts, you know. Okay. For your first show. I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh, sorry. I said, who would be your first guest for your first show? Oh, okay. So our first guest will have um, a young lady named Ashley and a friend of ours named Courtney, Carl Jr., and Antoine which are our guests who are, like, in a range of ages. So 
definitely a lot of different minds who will be contributing to the um, topic. Perfect, perfect. So soon, these ladies' Facebook page will launch. Um, I would say any parent out there, or even we do have teens that listen to our show, make sure on the 5th you are listening at 3. Um, they will yep. be posting the show, and they'll be posting the number uh, once we set the show up. Join them. Talk to them. It will be interesting, trust me, because they are two interesting, feisty young ladies. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, ladies, what would you like to say to the audience? Um, well, well, I just want to tell the audience. You can go, Cam. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll go. Okay, so first I want to say that, you guys, it's really going to be a very interesting show. I think you should tune in to listen to different perspectives and different minds that we can and we can um you know express our opinions safely without um having to feel bashed or whatever. And we will talk about very interesting topics which I think you guys will want to listen to. Yeah, I wanna to say to my audience that it's really gonna be an interesting show. There's gonna be a bunch of great topics that we have planned for you guys. And it's not just us talking. You guys can always call in as you know and talk back and forth with us so it's just not us talking. And then we just wanna get you guys' opinions as teenagers because maybe we all don't think the same as teens. We all have different opinions on certain things. So it's gonna be pretty cool to see how people the same age react to different topics. Right. Perfect. That note, I know you two have to go to school tomorrow. I have to go to work. Yes. So we're going to say thank you for joining us on Can We Talk For Real tonight, and we will see thank you, you on the Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for tonight. We want to say thank you for joining us, and we will see you back here next Wednesday, same time. Same channel, Blog Talk Radio, Can We Talk For Real? Welcome to Black History Month. Good night.